0: Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just over broke job, by any means possible. And today, I'm bringing on an expert who's gonna show us in our businesses how to make sure we're making enough profit so that we can become successfully unemployed so that everything is taken care of and no longer have to worry about our bills ever again. All right, let's start the show. Hey, what's going on, all you future Successfully Unemployed people? Now, that's the big reason why we have the Successfully Unemployed show, is to show you that there are so many ways to become successfully unemployed and how you can do it too. Now, today's show, what we're going to be doing is learning how we can make sure in our businesses, no matter what business it is, that we are accounting for everything that we need to and making sure that we're making a profit. Because it's easy to start a business and not make money and make a very little bit of money and just hope that you're gonna be making a profit. Well, there is a, I wouldn't say a trick, it's just a way to do business that I've literally been doing since 2006 in all of my businesses. I make sure that I account for my profit before I account for anything else. Like, I do not do anything in a business unless I know I'm gonna be making money first, and that is a line item, it's called profit first. You're making sure that your business is making a profit before you do anything in the business. And in today's show, I'm bringing on a fantastic expert, a friend of mine who has been doing this for a very long time, It's gonna show you how to make sure you can be successfully unemployed in your business to make sure you're profiting first. All right, let's start the show. Rocky Lavani, thank you so much for being here on the show. Dustin,
1: thank you so much for having me. Excited to be with you today.
0: And so I'm really excited to learn how it is that you make money to provide for your family without working at JLB. So how do you do that? So we've got multiple streams of
1: income. Um, I do have some rental properties, and so they do well on their own. I was flipping houses, but honestly, at this point in the market, it I realized the amount of work and the, the systems I would have to create to really compete in today's market wasn't what I wanted to do. So we've kind of walked away from that temporarily until opportunities present themselves. And then maybe I'll get back into there. What I love doing now is actually uh, working with other business owners, and I help them implement profit first. And so I just have a, a handful of clients and I've limited that because time freedom is important to me. And I, I just need to, to make enough money to essentially pay my bills. And then I also have um, a large paper portfolio that I manage that also is just kind of growing in the background. I don't look at that for today's income, but at some point it will totally support me.
0: That's fantastic. So the majority of your time right now is helping businesses import or basically go through the profit purse, And we can definitely go into that. Uh, but you also have other streams of income, which is fantastic. Now, when you were working a job, talk to us about when you were actually working a job and you were making you know, a good figure, figure income, but then you said, you know what, I'm going to start working for myself in that transition process. So what were you doing before? And then how did that work your way out of it?
1: So I was in sales before. I had a sales job, corporate sales. Um, For the most part, it was good. I I didn't do it because I loved it. I did it because it gave me a lot of money and it gave me time freedom. And probably about, oh, eight, nine years ago, I'm like, what do I really want to do with my life? And so I started experimenting. And one of the things that I found was financial coaching. And so I kind of, went down that rabbit hole of learning what it is to be a financial coach. How do I appropriately position myself in the market? Because a lot of those people were going after people who were in debt. Well, people who are in massive debt have no money to pay you. And they're in massive debt for a reason. It's usually bad mindset. So they're a pain in the butt to work with. I realized that's not where I wanted to be. So I kind of pivoted up into a higher range. But I I learned something interesting. I can show people how to be millionaires. It's a proven workable system. The thing is, you're not going to be a millionaire tomorrow. You're not going to be a millionaire next year. It's going to take you probably 10 plus years of work. People don't want to buy a course or work with someone how to be a millionaire in 10 years. They want to be a millionaire this weekend. None of them ever become one except the guy taking the money from them. (laughs) selling them that, that thing. And so then I, I also came to realize, well, wait a minute. I keep, I, I, I it was kind of an aha moment that business owners didn't understand the business of business. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, how do you not understand your financials? You're a business owner. And I came to realize something. They weren't an accountants and they didn't want to be. And so they were all doing the parts of the business that they loved, and they were ignoring the part that was very important, which is their financials. And so I realized, hey, here's a niche that's in line with what I like doing, what I like having fun with, and they are willing to pay because I can make them profitable very quickly. It doesn't have to be a 10-year process. We can go from wherever you are to much more profitable very, very quickly. And so in looking around, I could build my own business. I looked at some different systems that were out there and I evaluated them and I realized partnering with Profit First was my best alternative. It would allow me to go faster and they would do all the things that I hated doing. So they would create my systems, my handouts, all my marketing material. I didn't have to fuss with that. And I'm like, let's just do this. I already do what Profit First is. It's the way I live my life. So it was a perfect match.
0: Now, well, first off, I was gonna ask, what is Profit First, which we can get into in just a second. But my first thought is, I hate accounting. Like, literally, absolutely hate accounting. Numbers go into my brain, and they literally flutter away, they disappear. It's just, if I'm playing golf, I love golf. And so I'll play golf, even after like five strokes, I'm like, how many strokes am I, like I have to count, (laughs) numbers just disappear in my brain. That's why I love paying accountants. And that's why I love real estate, like rental properties, it's easy. It's addition, subtraction, and a little bit of multiplication. So you just add up all of my expenses and get a total. Then I subtract that from my income, which is the rents. So if the rent's were 1,300 and my my, uh, expenses are 1,000, $300 $300 is my passive income. That's what I could feed my family with. The little bit of multiplication is, I buy one property, it makes me $300 a month. I buy 10 properties, that's $3,000 a month, and so on and so forth. So it's so simple. But you have a, a, a brain that Hang actually on. can do all this.
1: I work with guys who've got 100 doors and 200 doors, and they have no idea where they're making money which properties profitable? Oh, that's bad. Like, because everything gets jumbled in the pot, and they're like, "I don't know what's going on." And then, then they've got financing money coming in. So you're, oh, look, there's money in the bank. Yeah, you borrowed it. You got to pay it back.
0: But it all gets
1: commingled, and they get lost, and then they freak out. Well, that's bad.
0: Okay, I'm not that. I'm not nearly that. No. Bad. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so it sounds like these type of people need something like Profit First. Now, for somebody who is understanding, like, okay, I have a business, and or I want to get into business, but I also want to do it the right way. First, what is Profit First?
1: So Profit First is a book. It was written by Mike Michalowicz. He's a serial author, um, and he's also a serial entrepreneur. So Mike actually owned a... Um, uh, it, was, it wasn't an accounting firm. It was more of a, um, I forget the, the right word for it, but they went in and they were investigating Enron. They would go in and investigate you know, high profile divorces, looking for money, figuring out where everything was. He sold his companies, right? Because he believed profit was an event. So he sold his companies. He made his profit as an event, walked away with millions of dollars thought he was the greatest entrepreneur in the world, started investing all his, his gains. And within a couple of years, um, he was broke. They were coming for the keys to the car and the keys to the house, which as bad it is for Mike, it, for us real estate investors, it's good. We, we pick up an opportunity. Um, but Mike said, how did I screw this up? Like, How did I do so badly when I thought I knew it right? And he had an aha moment. He goes, my accountant told me that sales minus expenses equals profit. Hey, goes, but where's profit? It's a leftover, it's, it's something at the end. He said, we need a new equation. Sales minus profit equals expenses. And so we take our profits first and we learn to control our expenses. So take your rental property. I'm gonna buy this rental property, I need $200 a month, okay? The rent's a thousand bucks, I'm gonna take $200 in my pocket, I've got to figure out how to buy, maintain, and keep this property for $800 a month.
0: And hey, guys, get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word RENTAL, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777, RENTAL to 33777, and I'll give you, literally give you my real estate investing course showing you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to Build the business first, how to scale the business, buy the right properties, making $250 or more every single month in passive income. I'll literally just give it to you. You can get started investing right away. Text the word rental to 33777.
1: So it just flips the whole way you look at something. And it comes back to basic math now. Don't spend more than 800 bucks a month. If you do, you've got a problem. Go fix
0: it. That's a fantastic point. That's literally what I teach all of my students is that that's that profit is literally expense. Like I make sure that I'm going to be making because I know my minimum that I, and every single property that I buy is $250. Like I don't go below that when I buy a property. So when I buy that property, that's already fixed in there. That's baked into it. Now anything above that's great, but I know it's $250. And so I my goal is to make Every bit of money from that $250, but that's already counted for, which is exactly what you're talking about. Now, if somebody had a business and they've never thought of, okay, let me make sure I bake in my profits first, or you know, account that for my profit as an expense, which basically you're paying yourself. If you, if, you, if anybody's never read the book, um, Richest Man in Babylon talks about paying yourself first, one of my favorite books ever. Fantastic, where you're paying yourself first, where it's basically an expense, like Rocky's saying, it's you're taking, let's say you make it a hundred dollars, you're taking ten dollars of that, so 10% of that, and you're making sure that goes into your savings for investing for a future. So buy good you know properties or whatever it might be for investing for a future, but you make sure that happens very, very first, not a byproduct of the after everything's over. So you're 100 percent right. Now, Rocky, how would we, if we've never even thought about this, how would we like what's the first step that we need to to do? to implement this into our business. Well, so if you think about
1: it, you already have implemented in this business because when you go to acquire a property, you say up front, my profit's going to be 250. And so it's making that upfront. There's a lot of people who will go buy a property and they don't even know what the numbers are, right? They haven't calculated it out. And when I say they haven't calculated it out, what I mean is they haven't figured out vacancy they haven't put in for long term repairs and capital improvements and all of these different types of things. We have this bad habit, uh, especially entrepreneurs and real estate people. Well, I can get that done cheaper, right? Oh, well, I can make that work. I can fina- and they're essentially stealing from themselves because they're they're pushing the deal because they're doing it emotionally. So the first thing is come up with real numbers for your property. Decide what your profit margin is, sit down and figure out how everything flows. And then what we tell people is give every job a a dollar and create bank accounts for those specific purposes. So let's take a a rental portfolio like you have. The first thing I'm going to have is my income account. So every month, all my checks go into my income account. I can now look at my bank account because by the way, business owners don't look at their financial statements. They look at their bank account, right? So look at your bank account. There's my income account. It says I collected $10,000 in rent. Well, what did I expect in rent this month? Well, I expected 11,000. Who didn't pay? I go down the list. Okay, let's get them paid. Now I have $11,000 in my account from 11 properties. The first thing I'm going to do is take 11 times 250, $3,000, and I'm going to take it out of that account and I'm going to put it in my profit account because that's my profit. The next thing I'm going to do is go, hey, we said that we had to save for long-term maintenance on these properties. And maybe that amount is $1,000 a month. So I'm going to take $1,000 and I'm going to put it in my long-term repairs. We said, oh, we're going to have a 5% vacancy rate. Okay. So now I'm going to take $500 and I'm put it in a separate account marked vacancy. Okay. And if there's some other things that you need to save for, like, let's say you're paying the property taxes yourself, we'll put it there, pay your mortgages and your, your mortgage payments and everything. And then whatever is left goes into your operating account. That's the to pay for the routine maintenance, the little things that go on. Maybe you've got some sewer bills and some light bills. And all of that comes out of your operating expenses. So we've given every dollar a job. We've put it in an account earmarked for that specific purpose. And now it's off and running. So now next month comes along. I look at my account. I go, oh, there's only $10,000 oh, I have a vacancy. Well, now I can go to my vacancy account and I can take $1,000 out and put it in and I can do my allocations. But you know what this did? It allowed me to not ride a roller coaster when I had a vacancy. It allowed me to go smoothly. Now I don't feel the pressure. I got to find a tenant. I got to find a tenant. Oh my God, how am I going to pay the mortgage? Right? None of that's happening. Emotionally, we're much more stable because we've set aside the money. And I can tell you, every real estate investor says, this is my vacancy rate. This is my repair rate. This is the this rate. Nobody puts the money away for it. They let it all go in the bank account. And then they go, look at all that money. I'm going to go buy another property. And then they find themselves cash strapped. So I, I, it's like it's like a bag of potato chips, right? You get a big bag of potato chips. You sit down, you turn on the TV, the bag disappears. What happened to it? You ate it all. You put a whole bunch of money in a bank account, you know what happens to it? You spend it all. It's human nature. And by taking all the money, separating it out, and giving it a purpose, we are less likely to overspend, and we get an immediate. So let's say there's a vacancy and there's no money in the vacancy account. Well, now I know I either did my vacancy percentage wrong, or I better hustle and fill this place up. It's giving me real-time
0: feedback. That's great. So it sounds like we have one general account that's all the um, money comes into. And then we have multiple different accounts that we separate out, we partition out whatever percentage it should be, or total dollar amount, whatever it might be, into these different accounts. Where does the money come out of if you're making an expense? Let's say you have a repair, a toilet needs to be fixed. Do you go into the operating expense? um, uh, account and pay it out of there? Or do you have to pick a different one? Or is there one that all the money comes out of? How does that work out? So generally I, I
1: usually have two repair accounts. One is general maintenance and one is long-term maintenance. So long-term maintenance is a roof, a heating system, you know, a large capital expense. I have one for the general repairs like that. So I would take it out of my general repairs, say, okay, I got to fix a toilet go to general repairs and pay for it. When I have to put a roof on, I go look at my my long-term repairs account and it's like, "Oh, look, there's the money to pay for the roof. Get a new roof. I
0: don't have to fuss over it now." What do you what do you save that money at? Like I know if you for capital expenses, if you have uh, multiple properties, you're probably going to have at least probably close to $10,000 in there because you have multiple properties. What would, would it just be in a regular checking account not creating interest or would you want to put in like a money market account where you actually make a little bit of money even though there's inflation it'll keep going down but what, what are your thoughts there
1: <laughs> we are we are in unprecedented times in the past I would tell you to put it into a, a money market or you know put it somewhere where you can make a couple percent in interest in today's world unfortunately that's not happening um, but What you could do is also kind of supercharge that money. So let's say we've got this maintenance account, right? And if you've got a bunch of buildings, there might be $20,000 in there. You look at your buildings and say, you know what? I've looked at all the roofs and all the things. I think we're going to be good for the year. Maybe you take that $20,000 and you do a hard money loan to somebody at 10% for six months. That's fine, and you know that in six months it's coming back. And worst comes to worst, you put the heating system on a credit card and you pay them interest while you collect yours. And I mean, you know, but that's a worst comes to worst scenario. But there are things you can do like that. You can get creative.
0: That's a great idea. No, I, I definitely appreciate. It. I have so many students, so I teach real estate and people to invest in um, single family homes up to four four units and everybody's always looking for finances to be able to buy the next property because we get deals all the time. Uh, it's, it's just great being able to find so many deals. And then my students are like, man, I just need more money. I get so many deals. I just got to have money to be able to put the down payment or buy the property or whatever it might be. And so they're always looking for private money. And so if somebody has that ability, that's a great idea. You know, put it in some place that's actually going to give you a good return and eventually going to get back. But I love the idea. That's you see. You're talking about like advanced strategies most people wouldn't think of. You know, put it someplace where you're making, let's say 10% on that money, but you buy it on a credit card, you just get a 0% credit card for, you know, a balance transfer or whatever it might be, but 0%, pay off that. And Then as soon as that, that six months comes up, you get your money back, then pay off the credit card. It's a little more active, you know, a little more advanced, but there are creative ways of doing this. So you can actually make even more money, even if you're borrowing money. So Very true. It. The biggest problem
1: is, especially for real estate investors, they see the money sitting there, they, they go buy another property and they over leverage themselves. And when they hit a hiccup, everything explodes.
0: It seems like that's what most I've found is that people don't adequately prepare for bad times entrepreneurs are fantastic investors are fantastic at being oh, we can do it, we can do it like i'm projecting out it's we're going to make this much money I, I for an entrepreneur we're going to make this much in sales like they're very really optimistic usually because that's just an entrepreneur's personality like we think we could do it we''re, we're the doers and so you kind of also bake in there just a little bit of over optimism, where you think that you're, everything's gonna be great, but not always everything's gonna be great. You need to prepare for the bad times, like if there's a slow turn in the economy, or it's literally a COVID virus happens and you're literally closed down for two months or, or even longer. So you gotta be able to prepare for that, and using the Profit First is great. Now, if somebody was after implementing Profit First, but thinking about somebody who's listening to this right now who says, you know what, I like Profit First, or I like something similar, I wanna help other businesses. Talk to us briefly about how we can start coaching other businesses or just doing coaching in general to help somebody else do something else. Like uh, I teach people how to invest in real estate. You teach people how to build their business better with, with Profit First. How would somebody get in that consulting type of business? So I'm going to tell you, the coaching
1: business is hard to break into. There's a ton of coaches and the reality is most of them are not making a lot of money. So, it's something that you've got to ease into. And, you know, if you're doing something else and you've got other sources of income, it gives you that ability to do that. Part of it is just realizing you only need to be a couple steps ahead of the next person. You don't need to be miles and years ahead of people. Just being a couple steps ahead to help them uh, works. And, For me, I liked partnering with someone who had a system. So if you've got systems, it really helps. Um, And that's what Profit First did for me. I'm sure there's tons of other systems out there that you can sell and market. Just make sure it's an appropriate system and make sure it's fairly priced for you, meaning they're not the ones making all the money and you're doing all the work. Um, So that's kind of the thing. And... It's a noisy world, and and I'm just going to be honest with you. It 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 is ho- like a lot of the coaches don't make money, even though you think they're making money, and it's because a lot of them are spending all their money on marketing, and so it goes out the door just as fast as it comes in. That's so be very appropriate true. with that.
0: Yeah. Now the same thing. Like for me, my. Wh- where I make most money, the river of income that I get is from my rental properties. I mean, I make plenty of money from my rental properties, but then I had so much extra time after being successfully unemployed. I was like, let me just help other people invest. So I started Master Passive Income and now started Successfully Unemployed to help people, just as many people as possible, to quit their job. But at the same time, it, money just doesn't come right in, like you're saying. Like, it takes a lot of time, and there's so many other people. And so with somebody like me that, okay, I want to start showing people how to invest in real estate, there are thousands, if not millions of people teaching people how to invest in real estate. That's like one of the crowdest markets ever. It's a long game. So I'm just doing it little by little, helping people little by little, but it gets better and better over time. And so the more people you help, the more you get better at your craft of coaching, in my opinion, like you get better at doing it. You learn, hey, this didn't work over here. Let me make sure I change it and fix it over here. But then at the same time, you have people that are gonna give you referrals and just the things that you do in general it's gonna help. Just like if you're an insurance salesman. First, mo- most people won't know you sell insurance until you start telling people. And then eventually over time, they'll start like, hey, I can go to Dustin as somebody who sells insurance. Now, Rocky, you give us really good advice about Profit First as well as becoming like maybe a consultant. Is there any other thing that we should be thinking about as, you know, as a business owner and making sure that we're actually taking care of ourselves, taking care of our profits, but also just doing our business, our accounting right?
1: So I kind of getting one step back, if, if you're going to start a coaching business, I think the, the appropriate time frame is three years. Be ready to show up for three years and continue to show up and do the work. It, it is not overnight. It's going to take time and effort over, over that period of time. From a general business standpoint, separate your business and your personal life. You do not want your business finances and your personal finances mixed together. That is probably the biggest mistake that people do starting out. Go get separate bank accounts. I don't care if you have an LLC. Open another bank account that's got your name on it personally, but is separated. Keep track of all your business expenses. Every time you miss an expense, you're paying considerably more tax dollars. So it is important for you to hold on to and track every single expense and know what it is. So again, if you have a separate bank account with a separate checkbook and a separate credit card for your business, it becomes easy to track everything. And it's okay in the beginning if you're losing money. Keep track of all your losses, because when you start making money, all those losses get applied against what you're making. So it might be a year and a half or two years till you get things rolling. So it's just that basics and you don't have to do anything fancy. I'm okay with you doing your bookkeeping in Excel um, until you've got enough that you want to use some kind of accounting software. That's perfectly fine. But you do have to track the numbers. And the other thing is set goals, like decide what are your goals and then do the math. So if you say I'm going to be coaching people, well, I'm only going to charge $250 to coach someone. Well, how much time goes into that? How many people are you going to coach? What does that math work out to? And that's all basic third grade math. 10 people at $250 is $2,500. Is that a monthly fee? Is $2,500 enough? Is How much time does it take? So just understanding that and actually multiplying it and adding it out so that you've got a clear picture of if you're building a viable coaching business.
0: That's a great, great advice. There's so much in there. We could definitely do an entire show on all that, but we're definitely running out of time. Rocky, that's so much great advice. Now let's jump into the rapid fire round. The questions are short, but your answers don't have to be. So the first question is, If you were to go back and give yourself any bit of advice, you know your younger self, like high school, college age, whatever, but you've learned a lot over your age, uh, over your lifespan, and then you want to go back and give yourself some advice, what would that be?
1: Start. You can't steer a ship in port. You've got to get out into the water and do it. I tell people, rather than spending $20,000 on a real estate course, go buy the house, screw it up lose 10000 bucks, you will be $10,000 the richer, and your knowledge level will be 20x what you learn in the course because you actually did it.
0: I wholeheartedly and you'll agree with that. you have confidence. Yes, I completely <laughs> completely. I, so when I started investing in real estate, there was a guy that was trying to sell a real estate rental property course for like $40,000. It was like, 40, if I had that money, if I had that money- I'm going to buy a house and learn from my own mistakes. Now, those were expensive mistakes, but I literally have 30 plus properties now and I don't need to worry about, you know, getting any more education because I literally learned it on my own. So that's great advice. So what is one bit of advice if somebody is going to jump in other because you already said, you know, we want to start. But is there any bit of advice that you would give somebody who says, you know what, I really want to implement profit first or if they want to be consulting, is there anything else that we might have missed that we should know?
1: For implementing Profit First or? Yeah. So Mike goes out and speaks all the time. He's got this whole fan club and people come up to him after he gets off stage. And they're like, we love Profit First. We love your talk today. His first question is, did you set up the bank accounts? And they're like, no, we haven't implemented yet. So it comes back to what I said before. You just have to do it. There are parts of your business you don't like doing. Just do it. S- you know, f- for profit first, the biggest hurdle that we find people is that they don't open up the bank accounts. And if you don't open up the bank accounts, you can't do it. So just do it. It's not hard. People come back to me and they go,
0: that was pretty easy to open bank accounts. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, duh. Well, especially it's not nowadays. Hard. Yeah, with everything being online, it's so much easier to just open a brand new bank account with an account that you already have. It's just a whole separate yeah. account. It's just so much easier to do that nowadays. People
1: just don't take the, the little action steps they need to take, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Okay. So what is one book, outside of Profit First because that's a really good book. Everybody definitely should read that. But what's one nonfiction book, could be business, could be life, whatever it is, that you would suggest we should read? Can I give you two? absolutely.
1: All right. So the first one is called living forward by Michael Hyatt. The tagline is a proven plan to stop drifting and get the life you want. So what this does is it, 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 it forces you to sit down and say, what do I want out of life? What's my end game for my life? What does that look like for my health, my wealth, my relationships, my family, um, you know, my spirituality, define every part of your life because it is a lot easier to go towards a target where you know what your target is. And so that book will help you think through what do you really want in life so you don't start the wrong real estate business, right? It'll help you think through what you want to do. The second book I like is The Road Less Stupid. It's from Keith Cunningham, advice from the chairman of the board. And it's basically the same thing. It's Think about your business, right? Too often we work in our business, we don't work on our business. Keith teaches you how to work and think about the big picture of your business and prevent the mistakes that everyone makes that causes them to blow up.
0: That's great. Those sound like fantastic I haven't read them them myself, but I've heard of them and I I definitely need to pick them up. Okay, so- Last question, what is one tool? Maybe it could be an app on your phone. It could be a piece of paper and a pencil. What is one thing that you use on a day-to-day basis that we should look into using? So
1: I use a Google Calendar and everything I do is on Google Calendar. Like whether people, like I've automated it so people can get on my calendar. So I don't have 10 emails back and forth. Here's a link to my calendar, pick a time, you know, depending on what type of an appointment it is. Um, I have my whole week planned out like I know, okay, these times are blocked out because I'm going to the gym. These times are blocked out because it's family time. Um, and then what I do is when I have tasks, I, I use the task function in Google and I create tasks on my calendar. So, and then I'll just look at my calendar. Oh, there's an open spot. I'll put a task there. And when it comes to that time, I'm like, oh, I have to do this task now. And then I don't think anymore. I just do. So I get all my tasks done. And a lot of times, if I have some empty time, I'll look ahead to see what tasks there are. And I'll, I'll do them. If I have recurring weekly tasks, it's set up. There's an automatic recurring weekly task. And when I do it, I click the box and it's checked. And so my whole all my stuff gets checked off. I have a sense of accomplishment. I'm not sitting here going, what am I supposed to do next and and thinking about things. So it's just time management really, really well.
0: That's great. And as you realize that the most, thing, or the most expensive thing you could ever spend is your time. And being able to allocate time wisely is awesome. I'm at the point now where I do it almost the opposite of how you do it. I literally have my entire week and I only block out like Two hours uh each day, maybe no, three days a week, two hours, three days a week that I put to any business. Everything else is literally what I want to do. So I don't even block out for the gym because I know it's literally on my schedule. Because I only give myself two hours, three days a week to do master passive income or interview for success with an employee. It's just that because I'm like, I just love being able to do whatever I want, go golfing whatever I want, go to the gym to play with the kids and all that sort of stuff, man. So Rocky, you've been so awesome giving us so much great advice. I know people are going to want to reach out to you, maybe listen to your podcast or anything like that. How can people find you?
1: Best place if you listen to podcasts is just wherever you're listening, look for Profit Answer Man. And that's my podcast. And that's the easiest way to find me. The website is profitcomesfirst.com. And you can find plenty of things on the website too.
0: Awesome, Rocky. Hey, thank you so much for being on the show. Hopefully see you at some conferences here in the near future. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me, Dustin. This was a blast. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded, teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777 so you can see how you can quit your job that J-O-B by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube, Or if you just go to YouTube and type in Successful Unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So SuccessfullyUnemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successful Unemployed on YouTube. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successfully unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya.